is Joanna of Sarah and Joanna. Welcome back to our interview with Shayna Gervitz. Let's just jump right back in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Part two. I believe, uh, Joanna, you have an idea about what you'd like to start with, with this. Second uh, yeah, episode. I definitely want to talk about um, TTRPGs, using them in mm-hmm. therapy, how we use them, how excited we are about them, how much we play them, how much we think about them, <laughs> uh, how many podcasts we listen to about them. That uh, initialism for, <laughs> for us, for us folks, <laughs> for your, for your podcast co-hosts. By we, I mean me. (laughs) It's the royal we, I guess. Because, you know, I'm a a princess from in my own municipality. Call back to the previous episode. episode (laughs) Yeah. So, um, wait. So, could you say what TTRPG is? (laughs) (laughs) So, a TTRPG is a tabletop role playing game. The most famous is Mm -hmm. D&D, but there are so many other ones. um, And, you know, the the main. The main parts of it is that there's a game master or in Dungeons and Dragons called a dungeon master. Therapeutically, it's game master because if you're like, my therapist is my dungeon master, like it's like a lot. (laughs) So the game master works with the players who have characters and they, you know, collaboratively tell a story um, with dice and game mechanics. Shana, am I missing anything? No, no, I think that's pretty solid. Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's Dungeons and Dragons. There's also Pathfinders. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a game called Root, which is also a board game, but they created their own uh, role TTR RPG. Um, there's one called We Are All John, which is really fun that I've played. So anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so a couple other ones. And there's ways to kind of like find easier modified um, role playing games. But yeah, yeah. And there are companies out there who have like within the Dungeons and Dragons Mm -hmm. game system made their own um, like therapeutic game Mm -hmm. model. Um, I'm thinking specifically of Game to Grow. Yes. Who have like a lot of trainings. Um, I've taken one of their trainings. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have a specific model of how to Mm -hmm. use TTRPGs in therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard really good things about them. And I also know Critical Role made a game, mm-hmm. a, mod- a modified game for um, integration into different uses for um, neurodivergent persons. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to get it. <laughs> it's been <laughs> on my list. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Can you just talk a little bit about how you use it in therapy or maybe how how you got into using it in therapy, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons for years on my own. Um, and so I've definitely like, so I have not fully into like, I would love to have a group specifically for Dungeons and Dragons, but working in the outpatient, um, setting where primarily our clients are, um, receiving state benefits, they have a limited opportunity to group can only be an hour. Yeah. 
we're not playing D&D in an hour. (laughs) It's not happening. Um, And so I am working on trying to get like a grant proposal put together um, to be able to start like a group. But I do use um, integrate things into individual therapy um, and have utilized a lot of different concepts from D&D. And so um, I'd say the first time I ever really used it was because a client loved it. And I asked them and I was like, oh, is that, you know, is that the player's handbook or something? You know, they were holding something. Um, no, it was they were holding Magic the Gathering cards. OK. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, is that magic? And they got really excited. And they were like, do you play D&D? And I was like, I, I do, um, which blew them away. So the ways that I've primarily used it in individual is we'll create characters um, and we'll also create a character sheet based on themselves. Ooh. So, mm-hmm. and so, kind of, yeah, <laughs> it's super cool. Ooh. So, so it helps me like, one, it helps me understand how they see themselves because they'll put, so basically Dungeons and Dragons character sheet, it goes based off of, so there's six primary skills or yes. So there's strength, constitution, dexterity, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. And based on your scores and those things will affect the scores of like pretty much everything else. And so we would roll the dice like normal, or we would take the average amount like that, that you're also allowed to do. Like you can also take a pool kind of depending on on your style. And I would have them assign the different scores to the different skills based on what they think of themselves. And so again, it would be really interesting because they would, you know, maybe assign, um, Maybe they would assign charisma higher than maybe I would think of, (laughs) or they would assign a lot of times intelligence a lot lower Mm. or wisdom a lot lower than again, than my perception of them was. And um, so it's interesting to see how they end up, you know, marking what they feel like are their strengths. And then even as, you know, I have them write a backstory based on their life and, you know, how does that impact things? And again, it's all really interesting to see kind of like how they see themselves. And then on the flip side of that, with creating a character, then that's almost insight in what they idealize. So maybe they don't see themselves as very smart, but the character they create has a very high intelligence um, or high strength or dexterity. Dexterity is athleticism or ability to like dodge and and be dexterous. So that's really interesting to kind of, and again, what race and what class they end up choosing. It speaks a lot. And usually the first character we, we make ever is somewhat of a reflection of ourselves. Not always, you know, not always, but a lot of times, or it's, again, it's things that we see as really important. So it's, it's super interesting. And then we're able to kind of utilize that in conversations. And I know some other therapists have been able to use that activity too. And, and I, I've heard ways of using it to explore things like, you know, gender identity and sexuality and um, values, strengths, goals, We've also talked a lot about using things like experience points when they're trying to complete (laughs) goals. And so some of the language and, you know, how when you're taking a short rest or long rest, you know, these are the things that rejuvenate. And um, so that's primarily kind of how I use it in individual settings. It's been really cool. Yeah, I, I, I would also be really interested to see like using the character sheet almost as like a um, like a measure, you know, Mm. to be like, 
okay, where do you think your scores are now? Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of seeing as like, okay, what, where is your, what is your sense of self right now? Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be really yeah. cool. Yeah. And as you level up, what skills do you feel like have now improved now that you've mm. been, you know, met these goals? Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Uh, it was interesting. I think my first D&D character was like the opposite of me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to be really, really like strong and, you know, like, ah, uh, which is like not me. Um, <laughs> maybe. I don't Maybe there's, I don't know. Maybe we can. Absolutely you. <laughs> okay. In every sense of the word. But yeah, it's, uh, I think using it in a group setting is, is super cool mm-hmm. as well I, but I think it it is very tough to mm-hmm. execute as um as a thing it, it's hard and so the thing is you know you can do self-pay but like I don't want my clients to self-pay we are clients if they have state benefits probably are not capable of self-paying um and we know as clinicians that our time is valuable too though you know so we have to and with Dungeons and Dragons it takes a lot of prep Mm-hmm. Um, so something I have been doing to kind of prepare because I am determined and I know people have successfully run, um, groups, like I said, it's generally something where you self-pay. Um, and anyway, so I have been running a, or started a campaign with some of my therapist friends. So now I am DMing and I've never DMed before. So I'm learning. Um, and it's also into, you know, now six all ladies, um, six therapists, um, we're all coming together and playing with each other. Every other week, Kathy is one of the players. Um, yes, yes. So that way I can learn and be prepared and figure out kind of what works and what doesn't. And we've, you know, kind of tested the waters with single player. It's just not as fun. Like you can create an adventure, um, but it's, it's really just not as fun. (laughs) So it's really meant to be a bigger thing. Um, but you know, regardless as a player knowing and seeing changes within my friends within myself um, and within my clients who do play other places it's so great for even like confidence building and assertive communication and responding to different situations problem solving teamwork obviously you know all of those different things thinking on the spot you have to make quick decisions sometimes Um, you have to make sacrifices you have to do all kinds of stuff. You know, it's, you are literally role-playing a person who is consciously making choices and those choices have consequences. Yeah. I think it's a good way to reflect back to like, oh, my character is making this choice because of this and this and this, like a kind of a, like we were talking about previously, like a backdoor into, mm-hmm. huh. Okay. Um, like maybe I make these choices based mm-hmm. on this. Yeah. And it would be, you know, it's really helpful for social anxiety because you're able to practice some of those social situations in a safe environment. Um, it could be really great for practicing social skills and picking up on different social cues and figuring out what to do when things don't go your way. You know, I think that's actually a really huge thing. And that's something that I love about board games too, is sometimes we fail. Yeah. It's just as part of life. And it's how we respond to that. And how do we go forward and move forward. And that is a huge part of Dungeons and Dragons, especially with the narrative is you can't just rage quit the game. Like it's not, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't flip the board. It's not how it works. Um, so regardless, you have to respond to the situation. Um, there's no like end, you know? Um, yeah. And so that's really huge and important. 
um, right now my my non-therapeutic D&D game, all of us have succumbed to madness. Um, So my character is paralyzed and other characters are, you know, fighting indiscriminately. And I have no idea how we're going to get out of it because everybody has become (laughs) this. So it's kind of like we have to we have to like really strategize what's going to happen mm-hmm. who's going to do this do we have any agency but also like giving up too. like all right we're just gonna have to wait the f- five games in minute to see five minutes in game to see like what happens mm-hmm. yeah and sometimes like yeah sometimes things happen out of our control and it's like okay well I'm just gonna ride this train um mm-hmm I'm hearing that there's like so much modeling happening, which I love, mm-hmm. uh, Shana. It seems like there's there's been a couple instances just as you've been speaking that uh, like a teen was able to witness you and adults and, you know, in this kind of power dynamic with them being playful mm-hmm. and like this kind of like shock, shock in response to it. Like, oh, oh, like she went there. Like, okay, we're at the <laughs> same level. Like it's safe for me to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Joanna, help me out. It's safe for me to <laughs> engage, uh, engage, shoot her yeah. with an. Oh, oh, it's uh, sure. Yeah. Long yeah like being, right. It sounds condescending. My point is, <laughs> it's like a great opportunity for you to show them that there is play and that mm-hmm. there's no punishing and that it's okay. Like we're all going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like with the adolescents, especially, there's a lot of opportunity for you to be an adult and be in this position of kind of like in the power dynamic of clinician and client but being silly with them and letting them know that competition with an adult can be safe mm-hmm. and normalizing that for them so I'm wondering how that's shown up in these groups with maybe some uh maybe some folks that came in not with a lot of those skills yet not mm-hmm. with this idea that adults can be safe if you are playful with them mm-hmm. yeah so you know the thing that I love about games um, card games board games Dungeons and Dragons is it it's it builds trust. It takes trust in order to um, do these things because um, you are trusting that the other person is going to follow the rules, that they're not going to cheat, they're going to take turns, that they're going to be an active participant and see the game through. And that takes a lot of trust. And we know that clients coming into the therapeutic setting, regardless of their background, a lot of times trust is something that might even be difficult. um, And it is the core of what we do, you know? And so the fact that they can trust me in a game is going to be huge for our relationship in general. Um, And also seeing that I'm encouraging them to finish even when they're frustrated. You know, I'm not going to get mad. I'm not giving up on them either. Um, I've had attempted rage quits and, you know, I'll say, okay, well, you know, when you're ready, let's come back. Let's finish this. We we're almost done. Let's just get through this. Um, And then we can move on. That's okay. But you know, let's, let's go ahead and see this through. And, you know, I, I'll get not frustrated, frustrated, you know, like, I can't believe you did that. Um, And they laugh and we laugh and it creates almost it's an equalizer, you know, because when we're coming to a game, we are on equal terms. We're both players and I am trying to win. They're trying to win. I'm not quiet about that. Very occasionally I'll hold out a little bit longer to see, you know, they can um, do more, but, you know, and I've seen that with, kids that have never been able to finish a game. We'll make it through about half through, you know, of course we have to change our expectations um, with what's appropriate for the age and emotional level. Um, 
but now successfully making it through the whole game without even asking me any questions. And they confidently can make choices. Um, they also trust that I guide them. I'm not going to steal their rock. You know, I'll point out when, Hey, how about you try doing this? And they'll do the same for me, which is really beautiful when that actually happens. Um, and so it's this, a whole huge exchange of trust. Um, and I have seen how huge that is, especially I think with the kiddos that are going to, that we're working with the group home, I'm, I'm really excited to see kind of how that grows. Um, we've only been there for two weeks, so, but we made it through a whole game. Hey, (laughs) I know. I know. And I mean, bringing in a game is that familiar structure that I think can help even like put in the foundation for trust to like, okay, they're literally rules that we're both going to follow. And like, we're, we're under this like social contract to follow Mm -hmm. these rules, you know, and like there's, there is some safety in, in that just Mm -hmm. baseline. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, with some of those easier RPGs, I'm actually thinking about trying to throw them into some of my hour-long games um yeah 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 um yeah it's interesting uh the game to grow method has like specific times like like for the first 20 minutes we do this and then we play Mm -hmm. or we you know check in really quick and then we play and then we also um you know kind of debrief yep I was thinking declassify but (laughs) that's not that's not it at all um and it you know that like takes definitely more than an hour Mm, right exactly yeah and it's you know it takes 20 minutes just to get everyone like (laughs) so at least um, yeah yeah and so that's you know it's to speak to some of the deficits unfortunately in insurance in the insurance world is I don't, I do not want anyone to be left out of something because they can't financially do it. And so that's why I hope to have a grant to be able to offer these, especially to the kiddos that are, you know, have state benefits. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think pricing for groups is hard too. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're coming in from like a, a private practice standpoint um, and you don't take insurance, it's kind of like mm-hmm. either it has to be all up front or there's, you know, and that, that can be really prohibitive. But like I said, you know, there are those ways to use them with, you know, with the individuals and, and definitely mm-hmm. ways to integrate. And then I still use normal role play sometimes in sessions. Um, and we create a character to help them feel more confident in the outside world. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I just always want to be playing d and I know. It's really fun. Now I play... I play once a week and then I play every other week now with DMing, which is a very different experience, but yeah. Yeah. Can you just talk a little, I know this is like therapy adjacent, but the difference between engaging in D and D as a, as a player versus a DM, because it's a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've been playing for years and I've gone through a variety of characters and I, like to have like a ton of fun with my characters. So usually they're <laughs> pretty wild. Um, and I, um, I get bored easily. So like my primary character is a changeling. So they have four different Ooh. personas. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So when I get bored, I'm like, okay, I'll just change up my persona <laughs> get to be essentially a different character. Yeah. So there's some of that. So as a player and we're right now we're doing kind of like the side story where we're exploring a main character's backstory. So we went back in time and are playing out 
stuff with care anyway that was a horrible explanation okay. <laughs> um, but yeah so dming so i am dming the first adventure i ever did as a player and so it's funny because i'll be reading and you know the book's like okay if you're a character <laughs> yeah the, you know if your party does this then this is how you respond okay if on the in the unlikely event all of your party members are killed this is what you do and it's like oh my god um if they're taking too long to decide goblins come out of nowhere and attack them and um you know things like that so it has so many different options and i'm like i don't know what they're gonna do so you have to be kind of prepared for everything yeah um and then you know they threw me for a loop i've i've teased them about this many times that they all wanted to just abandon the person they were supposed to be rescuing and and sell his goods for money <laughs> like it's like you know, y'all could do whatever you want, but just throwing it out there, you are, you are the good guys. Um, and <laughs> abandoning someone to be murdered by goblins is not <laughs> the good guy move. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, so things like that. Um, but it's been fun and it's funny because, like I said, I played it. So I'm reading these things and they found this cute, like little jade frog statue and I was like, oh, I had my character had that the entire campaign. So it's kind of fun and different. Um, it's fun in a different way. And you get to play all the, you know, the non-player characters. Yeah. Yeah. So my voices are silly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much fun. I'm thinking also like going back to using it therapeutically, that there's mm-hmm. so much work the therapist needs to mm-hmm. do to make it safe as the game mastered D- DM, you know, like because it can go anywhere to right. like be able to rein it in. And that's like, I think one of the biggest differences in my opinion between like playing is like, you can do whatever you want, right? but like you can do whatever you want. And then in therapy, you can do whatever you want, but then the game master has to be like, let's make it safe, you know, right? Um, without like saying limiting it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, right, right. So for sure. Yeah. It's like, okay, you can't go try to find drugs. There are no, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so definitely, definitely trying to like keep it a safe space for everyone um, and reminding them that this is everyone's game. It's not just your game. This is everyone's game. D and D is a team effort. It's a party and you are required to work together. Um, there's a reason characters actually are never allowed to align evil because they cannot be evil. <laughs> they just can't, you can't be a party member and be evil. Um, and so that's just something to remind them and then helping them play out conflicts because occasionally that might even come up and, and maybe even being able to role play some of that conflict resolution. Uh, that's the stuff I would be super excited about. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> I, would, if it was, I would be like, okay, do you want to calm down? Just let it happen. Just exactly. Let it happen. <laughs> just, just let it happen. You know, and be like, oh, oh. I'd be so excited. Well, you know, Shana, when you gave that the you can't look for drugs example, something <laughs> like something went off in my head that was so perfect. You know, I remember I remember this this struggle. You, you know, I grew up above the poverty line, but there's so many like brackets before then. But so there was a lot of things that I didn't think I'd be able to do in my life. Things I just didn't think were an option for me. And like, and I'm going back again to that example of just looking for drugs. Don't mean to like camp on that too much, but like how cool it is to give people, even if it's in fantasy, an option to do something else outside of what, what is being offered around them because mm-hmm. of, um, 
because of this, you know, how much we have just like left behind, uh, like certain neighborhoods and cities and mm-hmm. areas where disenfranchised people are living. Um, have you noticed any shifts in like personal expectations or like what people could really, what really, oh my gosh, I'm doing this long question again. <laughs> what people, what people really thought they were deserving of or was within their reach? That's actually really a good question. Um, I definitely, I would say yes. In some of the more role play board games I've had, yes. I, they, a lot of times I notice that they're afraid to ask questions. And so things like, I didn't know I could do that. And it's like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> um, and so that stuff, yes, I have noticed that with Mysterium. So Mysterium is like, it's not exactly a role-playing game, but like a little bit because you're detectives solving a murder and so you can work together and talk with each other and things like that. And so the way you do that is you get picture cards. And so they look at the picture cards and it's supposed to give them clues on like who, you know, who done it. It's interesting also like how they think because that opens up like their thought process. So I'm usually playing the one giving them the clues. I'm the, I'm the ghost and I can't talk. So I literally can only give them these picture cards. And so in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is super clear. They got this. This is super easy. And then they get it and like totally don't pick up on what the heck I'm trying to say at all. And it's probably because of the background they're coming from or just their, their outlook on the world. And so it's so different and absolutely in how people approach things or what they feel like are the limits. It's a really good question. I can definitely see it's come up even in my just more limited options of those things, but um, definitely yeah, with D&D. Absolutely. And as you're saying that, I'm just thinking of my own personal clinical experience, I, you know, working in a hospital in North Philly five or so years ago and doing like a guided imagery exercise. Mm-hmm. And you like, think about the face of guided imagery. It's there's going to be, there's going, I mean, at least with Joanna and I, when we would go to music therapy conferences, the demographic was oftentimes white women Mm -hmm. of like, you know, middle-class, middle-class economic class, whatever, Jesus. Um, But I remember like at one instance uh, saying like, okay, and there's a box on the ground, you know, go towards the box and pick it up. And this woman was like, no, No, <laughs> like she, it took her out of it because she could not, because, because in the space that she, you know, called home and the spaces that she's called home, there was not safety around mm. having that kind of curiosity, which yeah, absolutely not. So, so that was a pretty big wake up call for me. Mm. And it sounds like, it sounds like that has been a similar experience uh, for you with this as well. Sure. Yeah. Like I'll say something and, and they have no idea what I'm talking about. And it's actually something I use a lot with communication, you know, <laughs> my favorite communicative going back to back to the future um I always ask people when I'm talking about communication who knows what the flux capacitor is and usually like one person might raise their hand and the rest of them don't and I'm like okay great so if I said go fix the flux capacitor who would have any idea what I'm trying to say to them and they're like no. And I was like, exactly. So we have to understand, like, you know, the audience, we have to know our audience and who we're talking to and how they might think or understand things. Mm-hmm. Um, so me telling you that is useless information. Like it's clear to me, I know what I'm asking, but it's not at all. And so that's even going back to these games that I might throw this out and they're like, what? <laughs> and so then it's like backtracking. Um, but I want them to feel safe enough to be able to ask, you know, what does that mean? What am I even looking at? Um, there's a game called Hues and Cues, and it's literally just a giant board of colors, just different 
shades of colors. And you are trying to get people to guess the color that you have on your card. And you do this by saying literally one word. That's very hard. Mm. It's actually really hard. Mm. Um, But, you know, so for example, if I say apple, what's the first color that comes to y'all's mind? Red. Red. (laughs) Is it not red? (laughs) Red. But I was like, but because I knew you were asking, I was like, also green. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly it. And so, you know, there's, there's that. And it's funny, like someone said, I said Barney the dinosaur and that was a mistake because none of them know what Barney the dinosaur looked like. And so, (laughs) and there you go. That's not me not knowing my audience though. Um, And so they're guessing it it was some kind of purple, but like not (laughs) right um so again like I didn't know my audience I didn't give a clue that was that was good at all um can we talk and- about for a moment how strange Barney was <laughs> it's really really weird yeah, and there was only like two years of your childhood where it you could grasp it uh and then it was and then you were humiliated for liking it so it was a really small window I remember uh for liking Barney um but- I, I totally took us off apples please <laughs> That the Houston Cues game reminds me of Code Names. Yes, too, yep. Which mm-hmm. is such a cool. I mean, even playing so Code Names. I correct me if I'm wrong. You have like, like it's just like a word. It'll be like desert, and you have to you have to like describe it to someone else in one. It's there's more. Yes. There's more. And you're stuff. trying to link more than one thing together. Yes. So yeah. It might be like desert, and then like mountain. And, and so you might say landscape or something like that. Um, trying to get them to connect. Yeah. The two different, there is actually a two person version of code names. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's that's, I played it with my husband and it's interesting. Even like we found insights into the way we both think Mm -hmm. because of that, you know, like, oh, well I relate this to this. So I assumed you would do, do that too. And obviously Mm -hmm. you didn't. It's a great collaborative game as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm going to go play some now. Excellent. I love co-op. I love co-op <sighs> games. Yeah. We should just have a big list of them because we're all, because my husband and I are always looking for them. Um, I got you. Know. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and well, now we have once, once our child is able to play mm. board games, he'll probably be sick of them. Because <laughs> we're like, now we have three people. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know. I'm not sick of them. We so we own about 180. Yeah, I own a lot. I own two bookshelves worth of them. Yeah, we have four. Wow, that's really exciting. (laughs) (laughs) For the group home, we um, actually made a a wish list and we got them all, which was amazing. So the community really like came through and got me really excited. So we're actually going to do it for our agency too. It's a it's a lot of non typical like so. It's it's all the hobby level primarily games. So yeah, like we played King of Tokyo. Have you ever played King of Tokyo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It is, is really that? fun. So you'll have to come over and play all these games. Yeah, yeah. King of Tokyo. So you're a monster and you're really, you're like you're taking over Tokyo and you're trying to like beat the other monsters with dice. I love it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, really, it's cool. really fun. It's like oh, the yeah. like artwork is super great too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm also wondering even like a game like Call to Adventure, how that can be used mm. as like a foray into role playing. Yeah, um, like a like an easier way. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a, a like a a sort of a deck building game, like, mm-hmm. and it's like based in fantasy realms. I also just want to like call to attention while we're talking about this that you know the creators of Dungeons and Dragons have 
have uh, acknowledged that there's a lot of primarily like Western plot lines mm-hmm. and some like, you know, not so great views on like race and, and what that means and that there are a lot of people that are are working towards that. But that is also part of this as well, that therapists should be mm-hmm. cognizant of that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for adding that. I think that's important to know that everybody's working towards making mm-hmm. it because you don't you don't have to like learn an entire about an entire culture in order to enjoy a game that's really cool yeah there's a really cool podcast called um three black halflings and they they were talking in their first episode about like incorporating i think maybe swahili traditions into Mm -hmm. the stories that they're telling because like a lot of it's like a king and this and like right it's it's like a western culture uh sort of plot line but like that doesn't you know that there are so many other cultures that that you know you could use to tell the story or like different places to explore no that's a really good point i do want to clarify what i said when i say learn about a culture i mean western culture (laughs) as if if it's not taught to as if it's not taught uh in every inch Mm -hmm. of the world but yeah, yeah yeah absolutely thank you for uh cluing us in on that joanna yeah well, Shana, I'm so happy that we were able to have you and get all yeah. this awesome information from you today. Where can people find you slash do you have anything else that you'd like to share? Anything you have coming up that you'd like, you know, the world to be aware of? Any resources? All of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can definitely follow our podcast um, on Instagram at Mental Mages Podcast or on Facebook. Um, I also I also have a board game Instagram. Um Oh, <laughs> sorry, I'm really because <laughs> we were bored during the pandemic, so we made one. Hell yeah! <laughs> so it's that me is and my husband. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's called a couple. Oh, bored like bored like I'm bored gamers. Nice. Um, yeah. So I don't keep up with it as much as I would like to, but um, usually if I'm playing a board game, I'll post something or I'll do I'll do reviews on it. Um. Yeah. And then I also have, I'm happy to share, I have a um, resource guide for therapeutic board game use. Um, so I can send that over. Yes. Um, yeah. Please do. Well, Sheena, again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah. I'm so happy to have learned all this cool stuff as a novice. I know that this was great for Joanna as well. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. But best of luck with getting the grant as well. And yeah, you know, we would love to hear an update on that. Um, thank you. If, if, yeah please but yeah. best of luck and we Absolutely. will talk to you again soon thank you yeah. so much thank you all right thank you for listening to the show be sure to subscribe rate and review us on stitcher spotify and apple podcasts you can check us out on instagram at tndpod on twitter at tndpod one as in the number one or visit our website at tndpodcast.com uh we also have a patreon um, I got to rewrite our Patreon speech. So I'm just free flowing this um, free flowing. Uh, I believe at this point you'll be able to get full episodes. So like the whole interview all at once early, um, like a week earlier than everybody else. Um, also fun ways to ask questions um, and participate in a community there. Um, so yeah, head on over to our Patreon and support us. Um, you, If you want to be on the show, check out our Instagram. There are links in the bio for a link tree and there's a podcast. I can't think of the word. There's a, a, pod, a podcast interview request. Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah. Form. There's, <laughs> there's a podcast interview, interview request form on our Instagram. Fill that out. 
if you just have like a thought, you can send us an email at therapistsnextdoor at gmail.com. Sarah, do you have yeah, anything to plug? So, absolutely. Right. I'm going to double plug that Patreon, Joanna, patreon.com forward slash TNT podcast. Remember, Joanna and I have committed to bringing you episodes ad free. We do not want yes. to shove advertisements down your throat. We feel you're getting those enough. Uh, we want <laughs> so, but that also means that, you know, we are. We are people that believe you should get paid for your labor. So please, please, please support us. We are setting up a tier right now. We are in the mid, I mean, not right now, right now. We're it should be the one on my We are in the midst of setting up. Listening to this. I do know that at least one of our, one of our top tier uh, uh, supporters will be able to get a shout out in the beginning of each episode. So if you want to hear us pronounce your name correctly <laughs> and say that you are Hopefully supporting correctly. us you know that's yeah, yeah. It's and you know you know asking for money always feels really good and comfy so i just want to acknowledge <laughs> that but like again joanne and i are firm believers in paying people for their labor so please uh yeah yeah if you care yes uh, also check out <laughs> teletherapywithsarah.com forward slash blog for monthly or every other week you know it varies yeah. uh blog posts on uh, millennial and gen z mental health anti-capitalist work and how we can create a new world uh Yay. post post-revolution <laughs> um yeah instagram is teletherapy with sarah that's the end for me joanna do you yeah. have any plugs you need to i'd plug? like to plug uh, since we're talking about board games and how exciting they are i'd like to plug packs unplugged i'm unplugging to replug this PAX Unplugged, which is a conference that happens in Philadelphia um, every December. It's a board game centric uh, co- conference. So it's like uh, PAX is is video games. So PAX Unplugged is board games. And there have been some really cool discussions on board games and therapy there. Very cool. A lot of ways to play. It's, it's just like a really cool place. And I'm really excited to go this year again. Cause I haven't been able to go because when it was pandemic and then I was like very pregnant. So very cool. Also orianatherapy.com because that's where mm-hmm. I work. Um, <laughs> I work on this website. I actually, I mean, yeah, I do. So head on over to orianatherapy.com. Yeah. And, or back, see me baby. at PAX, see me at PAX Unplugged. Watch out. I'll be Roman. Hell yeah. <laughs> Until next time, we are your, are your therapist. therapists next door. Next door. <laughs> Bye. Bye.